This is a special podcast produced on-site at Shishmed Connections 2023 Annual Conference in Chicago as we talk with keynote speakers and session leaders direct from the show floor. I'm your host, Bill Klaproth. With me is Sonal Ellison, Executive in Residence at Endeavor Management. We also have Amy Cummo, Vice President of Marketing at Emory Healthcare, and Julia Yoder, Marketing and PR Director at Brookings Health System. And we're going to talk about their Shishmed session Rolling with the punches, managing tough Marcom budget decisions during challenging times. Uh-oh, man, this is a hot topic for sure. Amy, Julia, and Sonal, welcome. Thanks so much, Bill. Happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Thanks so much, Bill. Enjoying this time here in Chicago. Absolutely. It's a great city, I'm telling you. A lot of fun here and great education at ShishMed Connections, as always. So, Amy, this is a very hot topic in the land of shortening budgets and staffs. These are tough decisions that have to be made. So marketing and communications leaders are being hit with all kinds of budgetary decisions. So how do you use data to keep your budget afloat? How do you wade through these challenging times? Yeah, it's a great question and one that I'm actually dealing with exactly right now as we're working through our FY24 budget forecasting So one of the tools that I've done and been most effective in the past, I would say in the past year, is doing some benchmarking. So I did benchmarking last year in 2022, and then I was able to redo benchmarking again in 2023. So last year I did it more casually. I just reached out to about 10 or 12 of my colleagues across the country and asked them, you know, would you be willing to tell me what your budget size is, how many hospitals you have, what your NPSR is, How many staff do you have? So I asked them a lot of different questions and I made sure to include on there the companies that I knew our executive team benchmarked so that I could see where we fell, where Army Healthcare fell in the range of all those. And that was very informative last year. It didn't lead to as many changes as I had hoped. But this year I was able to repeat that as part of a Vizient network group that I'm a part of, which is a chief marketing officers network. And we had actually done a formal org chart exchange and same thing, asked a lot of questions. And so I was able to take those 13 companies, do the same thing, and share both of those with a new leader that I'm reporting to. And was able to show where Emory actually falls at the bottom of all of those, despite the size of our organization. And so that had a big impact with both him and then also our new executive leadership team. And so fingers crossed, but I'm hopeful by the time I get back from this, I might get some additional resources, both in money and labor. So by using that data, showing where you're at as compared to other hospitals and healthcare systems, that really helped put it in perspective for your leadership? Absolutely. And the other piece I was able to use was a data point from Deloitte Healthcare Consulting that basically says on average, healthcare service organizations, so like healthcare systems, delivery systems, spend 03 to 0.5% of their MPSR on marketing, and we weren't even at that 03 threshold. So I was able to show not only that, but then also show the differences between the other systems and some smaller systems that were actually much higher than that. And then systems like, you know, Cleveland Clinic and Mm -hmm. Mayo, where you would expect them to be a big budget, but they actually fall somewhere within that range. They just have a larger overall budget to start from. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. To piggyback off of what she said, I know that Shizmid has been doing a number of benchmark studies around Marcom budgets as well, as well as FTEs and various size organizations. They published a report called Shizmid by the Numbers. That can also be referenced as a tool. And I know many of my colleagues around the United States have referenced how valuable that was 
was learning from their peer group how much of a budget is devoted to these departments and where it's being reallocated now, which pretty much segues into further discussion on this podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. So Sonal, how do you then juggle approaches to education, resourcing, balancing, and of course, reducing? How do you do that? Reducing is huge, whether we're talking workforce or we're talking dollars, whether we're talking resources in the world post-pandemic today. And what we're finding is a reallocation and a partnering between many departments and divisions within our hospital systems and healthcare networks. We're finding ways to get marketing and communications to the table with us when it's dealing with what is many times the number one issue, which is workforce retention, utilizing their talents and doing a universal organizational communication strategy, working with them not only to market the services and providers that we have in our organization, but our organization as a whole, ensuring that people out there in the community understand who we are, what our organizations offer and want to be a part of the mission, whether it's for their own care or whether it's for their own employment or betterment of the community. Absolutely. So then I'm just thinking about this, Julia, what tactics do you use to protect and defend your budget and your position? And are there tools that we can use to help us state our case? Yeah. So one thing that we use again is data for that. And so we actually use Shishmeds by the numbers reports that Sonal referenced. And so that is something that we benchmark not just against organizations of our same size, because we're a small healthcare provider. We're a 49-bed hospital with a 79-bed nursing home. Very small compared to some places like Emory. But we also want to take a look at those larger organizations too and see how we're doing. So our digital budget is something that I'm always like concerned about. And so Taking a look at those and just how do we compare to some of the other top dogs that are in our marketplace, if you will, and just, you know, okay, so are we on track? Are we spending the same percentage amount as them to remain competitive? And so that's kind of some of like what I use for the justifications of, okay, this is where we have to spend in this area. And this is the reason why is because we want to keep our market share that we have here in our area for us and not get it through out-migration or lose it to out-migration to someone else. So you look at those percentages and then do you also factor in efficiencies too? Like look how efficient this is or how efficient we're using our budget. Yeah, so I think one thing I've learned is that I do not actually ever go into my budget planning process with a cut in mind. Or, okay. You know, instead what I do, instead of cutting that money I might reallocate it somewhere else, someplace else that I know I need to spend. And so I might present it as, we're no longer going to be doing this, but instead we're gonna reallocate those dollars there. Because let's face it, in this economy, nobody is getting huge budget increases or anything like that. And realistically with inflation, how it is, I mean, you get a budget decrease, even if you're going in mm -hmm. flat, staying the mm -hmm. same. And so it's like, okay, where can I actually reallocate and put those dollars. So you want to hold on to what you have. Exactly. You're not you're not giving it up, right? No. Is that a consensus yes. here, Amy and Sonal? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just like to build on what Julia yeah. said because that is so true. I mean, we've had a flat budget is actually a reduction, yes. especially in the inflation that we've been seeing. And we experienced that last year at Emory. And I had to say, look, my budget's flat. We need to redo the website. We needed to move it onto a more stable platform where we, we saw in the numbers that our website was outdated and needed to be moved. Yeah. 
So that meant we had less dollars to do traditional advertising with. And so I had to come to the table and basically say, all right, we used to market three service lines. We can only do two this year because we have, we can't not redo the website because if the website crashes, then all business, online business functions stops. from the organization yeah. stops. Right. As a chief financial yep. officer, this is what I want to hear from the teams. I'd like to hear that they're reallocating and reprioritizing what's strategically beneficial to the health system or the hospital, because we are going to cut off from the top. But we need to know that they're a step further and they're really looking to see what is core to our business, which would be, in her case, revolutionizing their website and maybe not showcasing two more service lines because it's going to have a better mission about the entire system as a whole. Yeah. I think another key, though, that really the CEO, the C-suite needs to understand is that when you're making these choices, there's going to be trade-offs mm -hmm. for that. So like in Amy's case, by not marketing another service line, well, guess what? Maybe that third service line isn't going to see the uptick in volume that the C-suite wants. And so when we're talking about budgets, they need to understand that because it's unfair when they come back to you later and say, well, why isn't this service line performing well? And it's like, well, we had to make different allocations within our budget dollars. And so we determined, we had this discussion that it just wasn't there, it wasn't available. And so this is the choice that we made and this yeah. is what we're left with. This is the benefit of working with leaders that have been through the times with budgets and to understand the ebbs and flows. And they're already equipped to make these issues known from the beginning. So understanding that there may be a shortfall in this service line because we didn't market or communicate the services appropriately is big. Having so business development there is huge too. Yeah, so it's good to have leaders that don't have a cut first mentality is what you're saying. Yes. So some really good thoughts there. I love how you said, Julia, when you're making uh, changes, there will be trade-offs. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And Amy, when you said a flat budget is a reduction. So again, that really makes sense. So thank you for sharing that. All right, so question for the group. When is it time to throw in the towel? When do you go, okay, fine, you win. There's gonna be a reduction, fine. When is it time to throw in the towel? Amy, let me start with you. So I think all of us could answer this question. You have to read the room, right? And you can tell if you've tried a few times and given it your best college try to make the business case and you're just not getting through, you just say, okay, I'm not gonna win this one. So I'm going to make the best out of what I've got and then work hard trying to explain that to your team because they, they may be frustrated and understand exactly yeah. where we need to grow. And I said, listen, it's, it's not gonna happen this year. So here's how we're gonna manage that. Yeah, Julia, how do you handle yeah, that? Yeah, I would agree with that too, that sometimes you gotta admit, okay, we're gonna lose the battle this time, but are we gonna lose the war? And sometimes it's a matter of others need to feel the pain. Like if you're predicting, okay, if we don't do this, this is the pain that we're going to feel. Like they need to feel that <laughs> until they're ready to come back and say, okay, you're right now. Or there's like different things like, oh, so there's this new regulation that's been passed. So yeah, now we have to do it. And it's like, see, I told you this, but now your hand is being forced. And yeah. so now you choose to invest. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing too is, having those executive leaders be ready to back you up, right? So yeah. we may say, fine, we're not gonna market heart and vascular. Well, then that CEO or that executive leader has to be prepared when those physicians are upset mm -hmm. and come to them and say, how, do you, how can you cut us? And this happened to me, it wasn't with heart and vascular, it was a different service line. I said, well, we need to be marketed. I said, well, I've talked with this set of executives and they 
cut you off the list for this year, so you're not a priority. And that took the pressure off of me and as being the decision maker. And so they went back to those leaders and understood. And now they had to figure out how to make a better business case for themselves the following year. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. Sonal, when it comes time to throw in the towel, what's your thoughts? Well, I encourage exactly like these two ladies are saying, is you've got to bring everybody to the table early on if the executive board has a vision for the year or for the next two to three years and they're wanting to grow in this area, we need to ensure that the budgets align with that mission. And with the constant turnover we've seen in C-suites and in board positions and in VP and director level, these messages are getting lost into the air. And to make sure that everybody feels comfortable with voicing their department and their initiatives as it aligns with organizational strategy is key. I mean, I lead from a leader of this area, please bring this to the attention because you understand, because we've communicated well, hopefully, that this is the strategic vision of our health system this year or these three years or five years. And how is your part of it going to contribute to the success? Yeah, it's all tied in together. If we lose this, right, this is going to affect this Correct. part of our strategic plan. That's to further support these leaders in their departments and their divisions to understand, we hear you loud and clear. You've had to prioritize between the three that you wanted to do, and this is what it's going to do. And the executive suite has to be aligned with their departments and divisions mm -hmm. to make sure that it's the similar story going forward. So if there's one thing I've learned in this discussion, Make them feel pain. <laughs> Make them feel pain. Well, they have to understand, like you said, if we don't do this, here's the pain you're going to feel. Yep. Here's the trade-off. And yep. you said that too. Well, if I can't market heart and vascular, here's what's going to happen. So understand that. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much. Uh, I've loved talking to the three of you, Sonal, Amy, and Julia. Let's wrap up with final thoughts. Amy, let's start with you. Anything else you want to add? When you're trying to make some of these decisions, and especially relative to the flat budget as a reduction, also leverage your agency partners and take a look at what's happening in your market. So one of the things that I did in the Atlanta market was ask our agency to take a look at what the cost per unit GRP is of broadcast TV and broadcast radio since pre-pandemic to now. And they found out over three years that the per unit cost of a TV, GRP and TV, had doubled in three years. Yes. And wow. Atlanta is, and Georgia is one of the hottest markets right now politically. Sure. I'm not looking forward to 2024. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And so that raised rates. And so what I was able to say is like, listen, if we spent $100,000 last year to do a TV campaign for heart and vascular or cancer, to do the exact same thing now is going to cost me $200,000. And that really resonated. Again, didn't necessarily mean that we were going to change our budgets, but it helps, again, how you use different data points to right. tell your story. Yeah, that is a great point. So thank you so much for sharing that. Julia, final thoughts from you. Yeah, so what I really think of is that when you're trying to like do marketing and advertising in these tough financial times, is that you got to look back at history and the education, the things that we all learned back in marketing and advertising 101 in college. And so like the 1930s, the Great Depression, that was a time where we can look at case studies and examples of different companies, different brands, that they didn't let up on the gas when it came to marketing and advertising. They doubled down. And that's how they survived the Great Depression. And a lot of those brands are still here today. 
And so that's some like data and information and just reasoning that you really can take to your C-suite and be like, here's something to think about. We want to come out of this stronger than what we are now. And so we really should consider this. Maybe we can stay flat, but do we really need to have a cut in actual dollars in addition to that? So when things get tight, the first thing that always seems to go is the marketing budget. Yep. But you can't survive if you're invisible. Exactly. So that is really a great point for any business. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you got to fight for it at this time. And if other, if your competitors are then shrinking and cutting the budget, but you're still there, that only helps you. Hopefully because you their impressions share. are exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Sonal, yeah. this has been great. Thank you for that. Sonal, final thoughts from you. Absolutely. This is why we advocate exactly what these two ladies are saying for having a seat at the table and making sure that the executive team and the C-suite understand the value of having marketing and communications and strategic planning at the table when we're making these decisions. If we don't have them partnering with our other departments for clinical care, for business development, for even procurement reasons, then we are already a step behind. So having them at the table, that's also more information you can get from these benchmarking studies, is who else is involved in the process. So very valuable information out there and very thankful for Shizmet for leading us in this effort. Absolutely, and you said as well, check out the Shizmet by the numbers as well, which has been very important. Well, this has been great. Sonal, Julia, and Amy, thank you so much for your time. This has been a pleasure talking with each of you. And once again, that is Sonal Ellison, Amy Camo, and Julia Yoder. And sign up for the ShishMed Connections virtual conference, October 20th, 2023, plus on demand through the end of the year. The virtual conference will feature access to 50 plus sessions recorded right here from the September in-person conference, plus all new live sessions. All you have to do is go to shishmed.org slash annual to learn more and to get registered. And please join us at ShishMed Connections 2024 and breaking news, it's next October in Denver. So make sure you join us there. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And to find access to over 100 podcasts chock full of great marketing information, go to shishmed.org slash podcast. And as always, thanks for listening.